0: Welcome to this new season of the Have a Cup of Johani podcast. So I want to title this new season that I'm embarking on with I'm growing. So this is going to be the season of growth. And um, that's what I'm going to share with you throughout the season. So I thank you for coming over here and sitting with me. And I hope you enjoy So in this episode I talk about the loss of a pet. I can only imagine how difficult it will be for someone who is going through something like that to listen to it. So if that is your situation and you're currently grieving or going through something like this or something similarly, please protect your heart and your soul and go ahead and skip this episode. Thank you. Hello everybody. So here's the situation, and this is a little heavier than um my other subjects. So a year ago, I suffered a loss of a, of a pet that I was fostering. This is the first time I say this out loud. And just saying that out loud, it's already making me really sad. And this episode is about grieving and how I learned that <laughs> grieving is different for everyone and for every single circumstance. So I have suffered a lot of losses, and that's not something that I'm saying here to brag, but it's just a fact. And each one has been different, and each one has taught me something about myself. But for this episode, we're going to focus on this one. So excuse me, I'm going to edit this very well. (laughs) But I think on this one, my voice may break a little bit and I may be doing some pauses. All right. So here's a little bit of the background. So Dahlia came to us from Bridge Pup Rescue in El Paso. So Bridge Pup Rescue is an organization that I follow on Instagram and that I got to know quite a lot during this journey with Dahlia and um, with subsequent fosters as well. So a dream of mine, just to go into these little tangents that I go here, a dream of mine is to have um, land so that way I can take care of as many pets as possible (laughs) Uh, so that way I can rescue them all if I can, or at least all the ones that I can fit in that land. My husband is very supportive. I think he's just he's tired of having that many <laughs> four legged beans running around in the house. But that's that's the dream for when I retire. And little by little we're saving up for it. So Dahlia came to us one night from this organization and what they do is they rescue puppies, they rescue uh, cats. There's a fun story there from across from Mexico. And what happens is these these beings, these fur babies, they find their way to the bridge that connects El Paso to Mexico or Mexico to El Paso, right? And um, once they're there, then usually the agents that work that area will take them in, either feed them or give them water or put them inside their AC um, office and call the lady from bridge pub rescue. And then she has a team that fosters contacts and all of that, vet offices that help and and so forth, so forth because sometimes they come through, they have health issues and that's what happened here. So that's what happened to Dahlia. So there was a growth in her, in her private area. At first we thought it was an infection. So, how how that was being treated was through antibiotics and uh, by making sure that the area is, is kept clean and disinfected. And I agreed to foster her because I I knew that the way that she looked, somebody may not want to foster her, and it may be hard to find a foster uh, because when Bridge Pub Rescue posted that on Instagram and and they showed the lesion that she had there in her private area. Um, I I looked at my husband. I was like, I think this puppy may have a hard time finding a foster. I was like, so I'm going to say yes to this one. And, and that's what happened. So I say yes. And um, she brings the, the, she brings Dahlia over and to the house and we meet Dahlia, we create Dahlia just because that's something that we do whenever we bring a new fur baby in because I have other fur babies in the house and I don't want anything to be passed around all of them, which will make things a little harder for all of us. Usually the first thing that I do, and my husband is an angel when it comes to this, is that we clean them up. So me having other fur babies in the house, that means that I have a plethora of uh, grooming products for cats and dogs as well as vitamins, treats, calming treats, food, you name it. So um I'm usually already prepared even though the rescue organization they bring the puppy in with all these supplies. I'm usually pretty pretty set for the most part. And and that's what we do. So we give her we give her a bath and then we make sure not to touch that area so that way it doesn't get irritated or whatnot. And folks, listeners, I am telling you, I I still feel this grief inside of me. And I don't want to call it dumb, but the weirdest thing is that we had Dahlia, I want to say for like two months of our lives. That's, it, it wasn't a long time that we had her, you know. So after we went through all those things of getting her ready, settling her down and all of that, and we introduced her to the other puppies, to the cats and, and all of that, she she becomes part of the pack. and And then we just take care of her, take her to vet appointments whenever we can, or there's a volunteer that does it. If we're too busy and then we go to our day-to-day, but the thing is, and I'm in the army, so I come in and out. So my husband, while I'm the one that says yes, he is the one that does the day-to-day labor on, on the fur babies, to be honest with you. And, and he carries uh, a lot of the of the brunt and he keeps me informed. And I usually, I, I fill in early in the morning because I'm an early riser and my son and my husband are not. And when I come back from work, then I, I take over the feeding, you know, taking care, petting, all that stuff for the fur babies. So that way they can relax. It's kind of like having kids, people. <laughs> and I'm the working parent. So so that's what happened. And we go about doing this. And then we find out that she has transmissible venereal tumor. But here's the kicker. It's not just that, that she has, she's having immune deficiency issues and and she's she's having other health issues as well on top of that one. And while the doctors, the vets are trying to Fix the other things, so that way eventually we can get to the tumor. The tumor is steadily progressing and getting bigger to the point where it looks like almost like. And I, I'm sorry if this is going to give you a visceral image in your mind. It's just I just want to explain it so that way y'all understand. kind of like a, a a red cauliflower in in her on the outside of her private area that's how it ended up looking to the point where it was draining. So we had to put uh, a diaper on her and change it uh, often. So that way it doesn't get sticky there or it doesn't get infected. But we needed to do that because at one point I felt bad just keeping her in the crate and away from everybody else when she was looking so miserable and she saw my other fur babies playing, having fun, interacting with one another. And she was there. And that just like that, she didn't stay in that crate for long. Um, we only created her at night. So that way at night, at least we know that she was staying there. She wasn't trying to take her diaper off or anything like that. And and if she did, she was there in the crate. Um, so that's what we did. But like I said, the the venereal tumor was getting worse and worse with each day and the thing is that her other conditions were also not getting better so now she had like three things going against her and i was feeding her the, the organic food you know we we went <laughs> we went to town on dahlia because uh, we really thought that love and organic food will make her better <laughs> I know, right? I know. Sounds so, whatever. But, and if you hear my other episodes, then you will know that it's like, I really think I can do everything. And God bless my grandmother, mama, who raised me with that mentality. God bless her. She was a wonderful woman. That's another loss that I suffered. Because I do, I really do think that that hey, if I just put enough effort, if I focus enough, if I work hard enough, I can achieve this. And what I wanted to achieve was to make Dahlia better so she can find a forever home. But since I'm talking about a loss here, we know that, that didn't happen as I envisioned it, as I planned it. And Eventually, after seeing, like, even her bones were showing against her ribcage, that we had to make a decision. So basically, all the health issues that she had were just taking away whatever nutrient we was trying to put on her. And the vets were afraid that if they do chemo on Dahlia, that um, she will not make it. So when I recorded my last episode for season two, grief and writing, that I was at that point. I was there. I knew that a loss was coming. I knew the decision that I would be making. And I knew when because the appointment was set up. But it wasn't something that I wanted to do. So something that I do really well (laughs) is... I gaslight myself. <laughs> I gaslight myself and I just tune the problem out. <laughs> My therapist told me one day how talented I was that I can, <laughs> if I'm feeling something in one area, I completely ignore that area and go focus Focus. on like every other area in my life, but just so that way I can tune out that area so I won't be forced to feel what's going on right there. That's a talent, listeners. That's a real talent. So I decorated the house early for Christmas. I did a whole celebration, a whole listening to Mi Burrito Sabanero, what we usually do every Christmas, We had the tree up already. Uh, We had gifts under the tree. It was all doggies and cat gifts because we turned that day into their Christmas. Follow the podcast on TikTok. We are there at cupofjoani underscore podcast that is at c u p o f j o h a n n y underscore p o d c a s t but the purpose was to give dahlia her first and last christmas Golly, this is the hardest episode to record, people. So we dressed her up in her Christmas pajamas. And then we changed her into her Christmas sweater. And she was so happy. And we gave her all the treats. We gave her like proper hamburger and everything. It was like... And still in the back of me. Oh God, I gaslight myself so much. I was really hoping, like in movies and in books that, you know, all this food that we was giving her that day was so much love that it will heal her and like that the next day would not need to happen. But the next day did come and the next day did happen. And, um. Ruby, that's the name of the lady who runs the Bridge Pub Rescue in El Paso. She was there with me, and I thank her so much for that. I love her so much for that, because that is, that is a tough moment to go through. And I have had pets, so I have gone through that moment before. Another thing here that I learned about grief is that just because you have gone through it subsequently, instances of going through a similar experience makes it any easier. Each loss has been just as painful, just as powerful, just as unique. And like I said, we only had Dahlia for two months. It wasn't that much. And uh, and my husband was with her mostly throughout the day. And I was with her on the weekends and, uh, and before and after work. So the attachment there surprised me, and the the feeling of loss, and then the pain from it, also surprised me a lot. Listen to me a whole year later, and I really didn't think that recording this episode will be so hard, and that I would I would have to stop myself just so I can cry and blow my nose. It's, it's weird. It's weird. But let's go back to that day. Unfortunately, I don't want to go back to that day, but let's go back to that day. So Ruby was there and her and I went through it. And when it came down to do the last injection, she had to leave because her being part of that organization meant that she has gone through that same experience way too many times, way more than me. And she had suffered a loss recently from that herself. Her mental health wouldn't have been very good for her if she did. So she excused herself. But nevertheless, I was very thankful that she was there because it's tough. It's a tough moment. And like I said, even till the very end, I was hopeful that things will change, that uh, Hail Mary uh, miracle would happen at the end, and and it just it didn't. And it's like the most disappointing feeling when everything goes as planned in that instance. And it's weird because God, I love it when a plan goes exactly how I you know how I planned it. But in this one, I wanted the plan to fail. So there it was after Ruby left and I just, I held her paw through the whole thing and she fell asleep. Her ashes are in a special place by my altar where it gets all the sunlight and it's right next to flowers that I keep fresh there. And the way that I cope with that loss is the way that I usually cope with a lot of difficult things that happen. I don't talk about it. <laughs> I didn't talk about it. This is my first time actually going through it. Maybe because it is my first time, that's why it's, it's very difficult uh, for me to do. But um, I thank you all for for sitting here with me and listening and being my my first to tell this story. That will help me heal because at the end of the day that's 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 grief. That's something that I learned about that loss and that grief. and that is that I attached to this being so fast, so strongly, regardless of the time that we knew one another, that attachment was there, that bond was there. So the loss was just as purposeful, just as strong, just as painful as the, the loss that I have felt for other beings that I have known longer. I found that out during this grief and how I know that, and that's because here I am a year later, as if I just pulled a Band-Aid from a very fresh scar and is bleeding all over again. And I know that this grieving process will probably follow the trajectory of how I felt with my grandma when she passed Mama. And that is that it'll just follow me everywhere. It'll just be part of me. Like in the army, we say, just put it in your rucksack. This is one of the things that I will carry in my rucksack for the rest of my life. I will continue to see a black lab and think of her. I will continue to think of her whenever I see her name somewhere, Dahlia. As a matter of fact, I since I'm moving, I was going through the puppy stuff because we're bringing two pets here um, to Kentucky with us because they only accept two pets. And then the others were leaving with my son and, um, my mistake, I went through a Tupperware box that had her things, and then I saw that sweater, her Christmas sweater, and I started crying all over again. So for me, grief is like pujitas. <laughs> like at first it's like somebody just rips you open, and then it's like it's like pujitas for like that first few years of like somebody just cutting you having these small cuts that doesn't do much to you, but make you feel some sort of pain. And then it's just the dullness of that pain that happens after that loss has kind of stayed in your heart for a while or stayed in your rucksack for a while because you become accustomed to the pain. And I equate it to just knowing that a scar is there and always feeling the tug from the skin that grew over the scar. So it's not so much painful anymore, but it's kind of like this tug, this dull pain that lets you know, hey, Joanny, there's a scar there. Remember how you got it? And that's how I've processed grief and the feelings and the emotions that come from it. So I learned that about myself. That grief is an everlasting partner in my life and that it doesn't go away. It stays with me. And it's just the the intensity of the pain is what changes. But the feeling of loss and that tinge of sadness will always stay with me. It's like to this day, I turn around As if I can suddenly go call my grandmother, but my grandmother has been dead for 19 years already. And sometimes I forget, and sometimes I turn to the phone and try to call her. Or I I think of her as if I can reach her and be like, I wonder what she will say about this. I wonder what she will tell me to do when it comes to this situation. You know, that's been 19 years. With Dahlia, it has only been one year, so it's still very fresh. But eventually I'll get to a point where my voice will not quiver anymore and I will look at it fondly for those two months that we spend together and um, and I'll be able to tell the story without breaking down into tears, but I don't think that will happen anytime soon. I think I need to give myself some time and some grace. And that's another thing that I learned is that to give myself that pause to allow myself to feel, to write it down if I don't want to talk about it, so that way I can process it. Because I think when I shove it all the way down to where I don't I don't look at it, I don't accept it as it being there, I think it's lengthening my recovery, it's lengthening my ability to process my scars, I'm not saying that it's going to take away the pain because I don't think that will take away the pain i don't think anything can take away the pain of a loss of a pet someone you know that you grew attached love grew a bond with but i think honoring that pain honoring that loss may may help me later on and this is me looking back here's a kick i will need to i will need to follow through with this <laughs> When I actually go through pain, and I'm such a baby, when I go through pain, oh my goodness, my first reaction is just, just hide, get underneath the covers. Don't feel anything, Johnny. Watch something stupidly funny, so that way your brain doesn't have to process what just happened. (laughs) So I'm going to have to make a conscious effort to do that, to just sit down with it it may not be as bad as i think it may be to just sit down with the loss and and honor that emotion <sighs> but yeah i thank you all so so much and i apologize that this this and i think the last episode were kind of heavy episodes and these episodes i'm scheduling it for january so oh I apologize that your 2023 is going to be a little heavy when it comes to have a cup of Giati podcast. Nevertheless, I thank you for sitting here with me and helping me as I process through this loss. and I wish to see you again next Wednesday. Thank you. Oh we could we could fly) uh, 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 uh. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show. See you on the next episode. Bye.